0: It, that's some good ass guitar player. It's beautiful. Pay attention, kids. And you don't just wake up able to play like that. That takes that takes dedication. It takes talent. It takes skill. It takes decades. It also takes a talent like one, Mr. Joe Satriani. How are you, my friend? Oh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm doing great. How about you? I am doing fine talking to you, sir, and I can only give you a wonderful introduction if you give me a wonderful song to do it uh, over and sahara off of your 2022 album the elephants of mars i wanted to open with the elephants of mars because it's so eclectic and it's but but uh, the soundscape that you create with sahara i i just think it's a it's a it's a great track man i mean that the album as a whole is a fantastic album but Sahara, is that the reason you chose to open up with it? Because of the landscape imagery that it brings out?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know the the funny thing was is that song was originally a vocal song that I wrote for the keyboard player in my band, Ray Thistlethwaite, who's got an amazing singer's voice. Okay, uh, he's Australian. He's he's famous for being in an Australian band called Thirsty Merc. And I think I must have written, like, the worst lyrics ever because
0: <laughs> I,
1: after I sent it to him, I never heard back, you know. And, and so I was working with my producer, and I said, well, I guess that's we're not doing that song because Ray doesn't want to sing it. And he said to me, oh, you should maybe turn it into an instrumental. And I thought, well, that's going to be hard because I have got to forget about all these words and right. all the imagery that was in it. So we, we got to work with it, and it just took... Uh, you know, it just took some extra, you know, digging really deep inside oh, of, right. of this sort of vision that I had about the song. And it really, uh, it just, it it was one of those songs that once we finished it, we all knew that whether it was going to be a hit or not, that it had to be at the beginning of the album. And it, it surprised us, you
0: know. I, um, I, I feel that. And would you say that not just with this track perhaps tracks you have worked with or perhaps tracks you have heard from other bands and been talking about, sometimes you have an, a vision for a song and the song forces you, to, the song finds its own proper form.
1: It does, yeah. It takes on a life of its own, right? And and it starts to reveal to you where it needs to go and, and how it needs to be finished and how it should be presented. So, yeah, you, you do have to respect the power of the of the song you know
0: the uh, the other thing joe can i call you joe mr satriani of of course of (laughs) course the other (laughs) thing joe is why are you messing with lyrics i'm not sure if you're aware of this and you may not be but i'm gonna tell you something right now you are actually the best-selling instrumental rock guitarist of all time did you know that or am i just letting you in on it no i I guess i
1: know that and (laughs) uh you know Sammy Hagar used to remind me of it all the time because I'd bring him (laughs) lyrics and he'd look at him and he'd say, I'm not singing that, you know, (laughs) but I try, you got to give me credit for trying.
0: (laughs) Okay. But okay. But this brings up an, and I hadn't necessarily planned on going to that. And by the way, we're going to be talking about uh, your art and, and, and what uh, is a fascinating uh, second life for you in just one moment. But since you took me down this road do you feel is is it because you know that you are an expert guitar instrumentalist? Do you is it because you know that you are so respected in that field that there is a need for you to get someone to sing some lyrics that you wrote? Is it what is the, what is what compels you to to write lyrics when you know how well, great you, know, it's you are? It's
1: really simple. It's it's you. You wake up one morning and you you write a song and you, and you have something to say, you right, know? right? And I guess going back to '89 um, uh, when I uh, released the Flying in a Blue Jean album, it had a lot of songs. I think right. about eighteen songs on there. That was a, that was the big
0: album for you. As a matter of fact, wasn't it? It was. Yes. And
1: and uh, and I I sort of debuted my singing voice in six different characters, very different and. I figured my my fans knew I wasn't a real singer. I was just putting it on the album for fun and for variety. But you know, a song like I Believe I could never you know, I could never have expressed that feeling without the lyrics, so I thought I should just do it and it did actually open the door for new kinds of guitar playing. Just right. being on a track that had vocals. You don't have to be so musical so to speak. You can wait till the words are done and then you kinda of work off of the the words that are that are being communicated to the listener. Um, but you know, having said that, you know, having worked with with other really good songwriters like Sammy, you know, right. th- it's really interesting to see how they know how to hold back. And I suppose I write too many words, and that's what I (laughs) I learned from Sam, is that he can communicate with six words, and it takes me about 16.
0: (laughs) Uh, Understandable. Absolutely 100% understandable. Now, you are also an artist. You are going to be in the South. You're going to be in Florida, the South Florida area. You're coming back. You're going to be here twice, as a matter of fact. You have a gallery show that is interesting in so much as you will... Uh, not only be exhibiting uh, your canvases, your your original canvases, but the work that you do on select guitars. And those people that buy the canvases, correct me if I'm wrong, purchase one of your canvases, they will get treated to a private performance later on. Now, this is going to be going down at the Seminole Hard Rock. I'll give you the dates in a moment. But also, if you purchase one of the guitars, they get to jam with you on stage.
1: I know, isn't it crazy?
0: Yes. It's, it's Nuts. What's uh, wrong with you?
1: I <laughs> <laughs> it there's a I tell you, you know, it's it's like when you, you know, you're driving down the road and you hear one of your songs come on the radio. It's just like such a thrill and when I walk into one of the Wentworth Galleries and I see all my artwork everywhere and then my amps and guitars and I I know I'm going to be in a room with, with, you know, my closest fans, and I'm going to be playing my songs on a guitar that I painted, looking at canvases that I painted. It's a really, it's just so crazy. Uh, And then, you know, getting up with, uh, you know, the the guys who who purchased one of the guitars, that is so much fun. It doesn't really matter, like, their level, because we just jam whatever level they're at. You know, it's really just for fun. And it's a really intimate performance, and uh, it's a, it's really a fantastic opportunity. And and yeah, as you pointed out, I'm doing three shows in a row, actually Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the eighth, ninth, and tenth, um, at the three galleries right. down there in South Florida. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I could I could go on tour doing that. That's really great, but I need time. <laughs> in the art studio <laughs> to make the art first. <laughs> uh,
0: now, let me ask you, how would you best describe your style? I it, I look at it. I am not an artist in any way, shape, or form. I want to say it's somewhere in between uh, surreal, uh, impressionist, and abstract. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I am a product of uh, the last century in, in a big way. Uh, you know, Warhol, Basquiat. Right um in in the sort of the modern era um and the the older painters uh Redon and Modigliani you know they did especially Modigliani he used and he did these portraits that if you looked at it technically you'd say well that's you know that neck is too long and those eyes are you know the wrong color <laughs> right but somehow he made these beautiful paintings with great emotion and yet he disregarded a lot of normal anatomy um That fascinates me, because uh, I grew up with my two older sisters who were professional artists, and they had degrees in fine art. My wife has got a degree in graphic arts. My son got a degree in studio art. Wow. I've been surrounded by these artists who are really good at at realism all the way through to abstract. And uh, I suppose because I'm coming at it from a rock and roll attitude, I tend to want to Screw things up on purpose.
0: <laughs> Which, um,
1: that's very rock and roll. Uh, you know, you uh, just yeah, wanna...
0: but but I mean, yeah. couldn't you say, couldn't you say that? To, couldn't you say the same about your approach to guitar playing? I mean, your style. There, there. I don't want to say there's no rhyme or reason to it. What I want to say is there's no predictability to it, and that's very yeah, I like hard. That. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we you know we like to surprise people when we're on tour and we're doing songs. Uh, myself and the guys in the band, we we work off of that exactly what you said. We want to be unpredictable. We want to deliver the goods and lift them up and you know create a great time for everybody. But um, we want to be dangerous too with the music, and that's what I do with the guitar. I've I've done a lot of things on the guitar that people always told me I wasn't supposed to do. Right. And uh, but I enjoy it because it it really. Helps me enter into a new dimension of expression, and in a way, it's the way I look at the artwork. Um, having grown up with fine artists, I know that there are t- amazing talents out there who can paint the most beautiful pastoral scene or the most lifelike portrait you've ever seen. But if you want something kind of crazy, yeah, I'm the guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now, now, answer me this, if you will, Joe. What is what is the different? Uh, let me get. Let me choose the right word here. What is the different need that is filled, or or what is the different joy that you get from writing a song as opposed to uh, drawing something on canvas, painting something on canvas? Do you get two different uh, feelings of satisfaction from it, or is it basically the same?
1: Oh yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think. On, on the one level on the creating side they're very much the same uh, from you know where it comes from you get you get an indescribable inspiration to make a sound or, or create an image right uh, they require different techniques obviously physically um, wh- what's really funny is how you know when you like when I'm sitting down with a patron and they've just purchased a, a 40 by 40 canvas of mine I, I really have to be prepared to let that thing go and not yeah. be in my house anymore. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's going to go and become theirs, and right. and they're going to look at it every day. I don't get to see it anymore, except maybe on a little, you know, computer file or something. But that's hard. And um, so is it. Let, music, let, you know, you always have it. You it, know, I always I can play right. Uh, Satch Boogie every night, and it's still mine, you know? <laughs>
0: but, 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 and I, and I understand what you're saying there. But the other thing is, the other factor is when you create music, you're, you are basically creating it to put it out there to the world writ large. It's not something, it's, it's not something that you maybe hold as personal and as, in, look at it as intimately as you, you know, standing in front of a canvas and painting or uh, a painting a, a, a guitar uh, with your own personal kind of feel, right? Yeah, you, the, the,
1: you know, each painting is a one-of-a-kind. It can't, right. can't be lubricated. Right. Uh Yeah, you can play a song a thousand times and and vary it, uh, but when, once you finish the painting, that last stroke is the last stroke. <laughs>
0: the brush,
1: and, you know what I mean, and then it will become somebody else's, and yeah. uh, they'll pass it on. Hopefully,
0: yeah. Do you have a lot of friends that go, "Hey, Joe, you know, you know, give me, a, you know, do not you pay me something from a birthday?" And uh, <laughs> all you know.
1: the time, well, <laughs> you know, it used to be, it used to be like, "Will you stop drawing all over the place?" And now it's like, "Could you please draw me something?" <laughs>
0: that is great. Were you ever fortunate enough to be a part of the twice gifted series and i asked that i had a david bowie serigraph from that twice gifted uh series where it's artists that are primarily known for one talent and that are you know uh, expressing themselves in another are you familiar with that uh, that series
1: no no that sounds great but i'm not familiar
0: with it oh i have to talk to some people i have to get you in there uh because I've, i'm looking at your artwork and it is just fantastic uh, and thank you and and let me ask you this: When you when when you started guitar, did you start painting concurrently, or was it something that after you had mastered the guitar? And by the way, as a side note, um, a lot of people have no idea that you were a, you were a tra- you were an instructor. You instructed some of the most respected guitarists in the world. One of the greatest guitarists of all time, uh, yeah, Kirk Hammett from Metallica. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You you did you instruct Kirk Hammett too? I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. there has to be a sense of pride, though, like seeing that you, you know, taught these, you know, the greatest guitar players, you know, in, of all time. Now, do you ever see Kirk and go, you know, how about breaking me off uh, some royalties? Yeah, yeah. what's yeah. Well, so up with that, <laughs> Napster? All <laughs> <man. laughs> yeah, yeah, right, I mean, they they owe you, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I tell you, Kirk was uh, one of the hardest working students I ever had. Um, I, I was blessed as a guitar teacher because I had guys like Alex Golnick and Larry Lalonde and Kirk. Steve, Hammond, Steve Vai. They, they just they worked so hard and they knew what they wanted and they just would not stop until they achieved it. And that made teaching a lot of fun. And we, you know, when when we were wrapping up lessons, we became you know part of the same team, you know, and. I was just talking to Turk, uh, Kirk yet uh, last week and we were just you know, it's funny it was just like we picked up where we left off just talking about guitars and aliens and
0: right uh, but but you know. but Joe when you're instructing the these cats is there no fear or concern within you that you're giving them something that's uniquely you and then when you go out to put your product out it might be diluted by them pulling from from your signature style
1: No I you know I think uh, two things number 1 when you when you decide you're going to be a teacher you have to give everything up that you know There's, that's just oh, wow. that's just the way it is okay. uh, my my mother was a teacher her whole life and I benefited from great Teachers at CarPlay's High School, public high school, where right. I grew up on Long Island, and it was because the teachers—they just give up everything they know. They're very there's no selfishness at all, and that's the only way you can conduct yourself, I think, as a teacher. Fair
0: enough. Um,
1: but like I said before, these these guys that that I mentioned, they they knew what they wanted, and they were uh, young younger enough than myself that they felt there was a big difference, you know. And when right. you're you know, 15 years old and your teacher's 18, that's a big age difference at, at during that part right, of your correct, life. You correct, correct. Um, and I made a point to always tell them, don't copy my style because it's not you, you know, and, and you, you what you're doing is going to be something brand new. I'm already like the older generation. And and you learn that because, you know, sometimes I'd, you know, Kirk would be in the room and then he'd, after Kirk, it would be some 8-year-old kid and he'd come in and he'd put his plastic monster on the amp and pick up a guitar. You know, you learn really fast that the world keeps moving forward and there's a new generation every week that has got their own ideas, you know, and you
0: got to respect that. Absolutely. Again, we're talking to guitar great Joe Satriani, who is also a fantastic artist who will be doing some gallery shows Friday, September 8th, 7 to 10 p.m. at the Wentworth Gallery at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Saturday the 9th uh, at the Gallery at Boca Raton Town Center Mall, and then he will head over to Las Olas for Sunday's show, September 10th. You can find all of these on the website, and I would compel you if you are a fan of Fantastic Guitar, if you're a fan of Joe Satriani and you want something uh, from him, that is beyond the music, but is but is as uh, melodic as you look at these paintings. And I mean, they're just, they're just fantastic to have something like that hanging on your wall—something unique. I mean, because everybody can you know stream a song, but uh, you've got—you I mean, never paint the same thing twice, right? <laughs> it, It's—I <laughs> I, I,
1: I can't. I don't know. It's like guitar solos. You know, you just throw them out there. They're they're improvised. They come from deep inside and and you just keep going. And uh, that's why it's so great to have the opportunity to paint so much right, and to be right. able to put out hundreds of, of canvases. It's really great. Uh,
0: now, before I let you go, yesterday I had the uh, – the day before yesterday, I had the privilege of interviewing one of your uh, friends, Eric Johnson, uh, one of your G3 uh, cohorts. And yeah. he he was adamant that he could beat you in a fist fight. And I need knew- <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Man, I was
1: just thinking, what was the last time I had a fist fight? I think I was, like, in grade school or something like that. He said, he said. And, he, you know, he as soon said, as I started playing guitar, I was worrying about my knuckles and my fingers.
0: Right, right. I believe, and I quote, I'll hit him over the head with my Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> that'll,
1: that'll hurt. You're yeah, yeah, right.
0: Hey, before I let you go, you that's an interesting thing, uh, by the way. Do you walk around in mortal fear of damaging your hands? Are you overly protective of your hands? hands <clears throat> and when you're on stage shredding do you feel like man i won't be able to paint the next day i might have to go start doing some acoustic shows or do you just <laughs> or do you just say i uh, do you just say i'm gonna take it day by day
1: well you know you you uh i think about it every time i'm like you know uh Slicing some vegetables oh, up or something like oh. that. I think, like, pay attention. Right, you know, <laughs> right. Oh, my
0: what God. What you're doing.
1: And, uh, <laughs> you do have to think about that. And, and I think when you're on tour and you're, you're playing day after day for hours and hours, you know, uh, you think about funny things. Like, maybe I shouldn't use my left hand to pick up the suitcase. or Right. Uh, you know, keep, keep stay loose, stay relaxed. I mean, that's. I think everyone, especially like in sports, they have to think about... That special uh, muscle or joint that they that they depend on.
0: You absolutely, know? Uh, absolutely. I, I
1: would think a quarterback's really got to think about their arm all the time. You know. Yes, yeah, so
0: yeah. One, uh, uh, yeah. And sometimes it's, it's just, just the aging process, like what Frampton is going through, where he's getting out there and getting out on the road because he is of the belief that because of certain health issues, he's not going to be able to have the dexterity that he still maintains right now.
1: Yeah, and and uh, wow, I've been a big Peter Brampton fan ever since I was a young kid, right. and uh, and he, God, you know, it, it would be a horrible not to hear him touch that guitar because you know he makes such an incredible, unique sound.
0: Absolutely, uh, but
1: yeah, it's a it's a thing. All of us have to think about that because you know you're 14 for one year. And then fifteen comes.
0: And then, <laughs> well, are you right? Where,
1: you are know, fifty five, and then
0: yes. you know. I keep yeah. Hey, it's Roger Waters lyric. Then one day you find ten years have got behind you. <laughs> you know what I am saying? Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. On yeah. the on the Frampton note, talking about the great guitarists, and then I am going to let you go after this. And it's been a, uh, an absolute pleasure. We lost one of the guitar greats uh, in Jeff, uh, uh, our, our boy, and. and uh, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Beck. Jeff Beck. I just I just had a brain fart there. Uh and Jeff Beck, did you what did you ever play with Jeff Beck? Did you know Jeff Beck? And if you saw him live, what made Beck such a transcendent guitarist?
1: I you know, I used to when I started playing guitar, uh, Jeff was one of like the three or four guitarists uh, that I would play along with every day I'd put oh. on the albums, and i just try to figure out, like, why is he so different than Pete Townsend and Jimi Hendrix right. and Jimmy Page? He He would always just take the most unique approach to playing on a song. I got to see him play uh, quite a lot when I was uh, a young starting out player.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I didn't get to meet him until Chickenfoot was doing a festival with him,
0: Sammy Hagar, uh, always, in yeah.
1: Belgium, I think, and and we were all jamming together in the room. And and you know, I think I before then maybe we we said hi backstage in Oakland when he was on tour with with uh, with Tal and the band, and right. uh, he was always just so like you could not. Figure out what he was going to do next. He was so unique in his playing, and always really musical. Had a great, always surrounded himself with the most unusual bands of just
0: you know, <laughs> right?
1: fantastic musicians. And and every album sort of made you think like, oh, that's possible. I didn't know that. Right. You know?
0: <laughs> right. Right. It was
1: really uh, just a one in a billion kind of artist, you know, oh, wow. it just comes along and just shakes it up.
0: How he it, was able to yeah. reinterpret Curtis Mayfield's People Get Ready with Rod Stewart on mm. vocals and what he did with Roger Waters on the Amused to Death album. It's like you say, every every album, uh, every person he played with, he brought something different, but it was always recognizable as Jeff Beck.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he just has that thing. One note, you know who it is.
0: <laughs> uh well, guess what, Joe? You got it too. <laughs> All right, nobody's <laughs> nobody's mistaken anybody for uh the great Satriani, and that is a testament to your talent and uh good luck with the shows. Not that you need luck, but have fun with the shows and and I hope they are uh filled to capacity and I hope that you don't have someone purchase one of your guitars that wants to get up and play eruption. God. <laughs> <So.
1: laughs> <laughs> I'm, re- I'm hoping. You know, that's always great because I can put down the guitar and sit in the audience and just have fun.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, you have you have been a joy to speak to, Mr. Satriani, and, and I thank you very much for taking the time uh, to let a guitar fan uh, ask you some questions and have a little bit of fun with you, sir. Oh,
1: this has been great.
0: Thank you so much for having me on the show. All have right. Thank you. Out. All right. Stay safe out there, Joe. All right. There you go. That is Joe Satriani. We are the Cat Name Mo Show. It's a cat named Mo on 102.5 The Bone. And now, another
1: Bone Traffic Update.